it. Amen. You, you, you want to. Now, listen, if you don't like the way your spouse is acting, it's your fault. You picked them. Amen. But anyway, so you've got to understand is that it's, you've got to get to the place where you say, you know what, God, I'm going to let you speak to my heart. So sometimes we can come to church. Sometimes not, I know this probably would never happen here, Pastor. I know it's probably never happened here. Believe it or not, but sometimes you can be worshiping the Lord, and you'll be thinking, you'll be looking, and everybody see you like this. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You're singing the song. I wonder what I'm going to eat for lunch today. Well, glory to God. I'm just so good. You know, I'm so sick and tired of this type of food. I'm not eating another sandwich. Hallelujah, God. I just. I wonder if this new guest preacher, is he going to let us out on time? Hallelujah, glory to God. Uh, now, I know you will. Let's, let's put it this way. The church down the street does that, not this church. Amen. But a thought, a thought will come to us. But sometimes we can have a head knowledge of God. We can be singing all the songs up there. Sometimes we can be singing a song that God is our provider. And we say, Lord, I don't even know how I'm going to pay my electric bill this week. Sometimes we can be singing a song, God is my healer. And God, I'm hurting in my back. God, my, my legs bother me. God, I, I'm concerned for my mother or my father. They got COVID or whatever. And sometimes we're singing those songs and we have a head knowledge knowing that God can do it. But what I see, God ain't doing it. And my heart's afraid. You know what Jesus said? He said, in the last days, the troubling times will come. Now, that, now he told us that. You know. But you know what he said also in that same scripture, and we miss it? He said, but let your heart not be troubled. Now, why would you tell somebody? I mean, that'd be like going up to somebody, you know, it's going to really get bad. Things are really going to get worse, and you're going to see some horrible things happening. But you'll be okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. Thanks for that little bit of information. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go through some tough, you know, you're, you're going to go through some tough times, but don't worry about it. You'll be okay. Don't let your heart be troubled. Why would God tell you troubles are coming? He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Because, see, we're not of this world. We're pilgrims passing through. We are not of this world. We're not caught up in this world. We are just here. We are the light of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Listen, listen. God's got us in the palm of his hand. And I'll tell you, no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper in the name of the Lord. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This world has nothing that it can do to you. Nothing. Zero. Nada. Get it in your heart. So you learn to get it in your heart, and you don't lean to your own understanding. Sometimes, you know, your understanding will get in your way, and you'll rationalize things. You know, I, I, people say this, well, I know God can, but I know God, he will, but, well, I know God wants to, but, or I know somebody else, you know, and it's fun, you know, because uh, I know we got some motorcycle riders in here, amen. How many motorcycle riders we got in here, amen. I know, I think there we got, got some of them. Some of them are scared to raise their hand because they don't want their wife to know, amen. No, but anyway, I was, <laughs> I do it with my friends. I just don't tell my wife, amen. No. But when I started, when I, when I you know, I tried to talk my wife into let me get a motorcycle, motorcycle. Now the kids are grown and finally talked to her and let me get a bike. And she said, don't ever ask me to ride it. And I said, okay, I won't. And, uh. So one day she got on it, and now she's always asking me, can we go riding? Amen. Uh, but I remember when I got the motorcycle, it's amazing to me how many people come to me. Man, you got a motorcycle? You know how many people get killed on a motorcycle? I say, and so whatever, if they're driving a Honda Accord, I'll say, you know how many people get killed in a Honda Accord? You know how many people get killed in a Chevy pickup? You know how many people get killed in a Ford pickup? You see what I'm saying? You see how we think sometimes? 
I said, I want you to I call my motorcycle Angel. Come on, Angel, let's go. He'll, he'll bury me on the wings of angels, amen. I'm all right. I'm covered. I just plead the blood of Jesus. If, can God protect me in a Chevy truck, Ford truck, Dodge truck, motorcycle? Is he able to protect me on a motorcycle just like he would in a plane or anything else? I mean, what? God's like, oh, he got a motorcycle. Whoa. Wow, the angels won't be upset with him. I mean, you know, car, they could ride with him. You know, but he ain't got enough room on a motorcycle with him and Veronica, and I was going to put an angel there, but... Forget that. So he's on it. Hey, you're on your own. I hope you make it back. <laughs> See how we think sometimes. We get things in our heart that don't make sense. And we try to lean on this understanding. And I understand. I understand. There's, you know, I understand you can be unwise and, and not be safe and harm yourself. Can I tell you something? You can fall off a ladder at your house and get hurt. Amen. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to be foolish, but I'm not going to be operating by fear. For the just shall live by faith. I don't live out of frustration. I don't live out of fear. I don't live out of these things that the world is caught up in because I know in whom I trust. And that is my Lord and Savior. Amen. Proverbs 4 and 4, he also taught me, and he said to me, Let your heart retain my words and keep my commandments, I like this, and live. Now, I don't, I don't know if bread goes to $10,000 a loaf. If, 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 if gas goes to 6000 I mean, gas goes $6,000 a gallon. If clothes goes to $100,000 for a suit. Can I tell you something? My God... Said he'll put food on my table, clothes on my back, shelter over my head. God's not limited to this world's government structure long before Medicare God cared. Amen. I want you to know you are in good hands when you put your faith in God. I want you to know what we need to begin to do is not trust on our government, but trust on God. All we've got to do, what kind of insurance did Abraham have? What 401k did Abraham have? I'm going to tell you, he had the God uh, uh, account, and everything he needed, God provided for him. Don't you fret about tomorrow God holds tomorrow he says I will meet all of your needs uh, he said don't seek these things uh, he said but seek me and when you find me you have all these things they will be added unto you this is what he says in Romans 10 and 8 but what does it say the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach and if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, look at this, you will be saved. Now, why is it that we can believe salvation that way, but we can't believe anything else works that way? Why is it believed that we can say, God, come into my life, forgive me my sins. Oh, I'm saved. And then we say, God, heal my body, but I still feel sick. Why is it we can believe for salvation, which knows this is the most important thing because you can go to heaven without legs you can go to heaven without eyes you can go to heaven without arm but you can't go to heaven without jesus amen there's only one way i'm telling you, there's not many ways there's not four ways there's not three ways there's only one way to heaven there's only one way to get there jesus said if you're going to get in you must come through me i don't care what you know what we need to learn to get along with all religions i'm going to tell you your religion won't get you there but your relationship with jesus christ will usher you into the throne room of god so there's only one way and that way is jesus the smallest things, the smallest things make the biggest difference. And the third thing, if, if you want to see something that can happen, is use what God places in your hand. 
where's my usher with my little uh, seeds that I had? Uh, bring, yeah, bring that up to the table for me. Thank you, sir. How many of you were offered offered one of these when you come in? How many of you offered one of these? Amen. How many of you, when you saw this, you're like, no, thank you. I mean, rightfully so. Now, you're not a bad person if you turned them down. I don't blame you. I mean, if I walked into church and somebody said, hey, would you like to have one of these? I don't know. What is it? Can I eat it? I mean, is it a mint? I mean, if you, if, if you have one of these, uh, so you probably think, no, I don't need one. What would be? Because, I mean, if you look at it, really, it's not much. Does anybody know what, what this is? Acorn. Yeah, acorn. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is this? Acorns, yeah. Now, that's my man right there. Now, that's my man right there. Acorns. That's what I'm saying. Acorns. That's what I'm talking about. My wife said, there ain't no such thing as an acorn. I said, but you ain't from North Alabama. Amen. Or Louisiana. Amen. But we're going to be civilized today. This is acorn. Amen. No, anybody, no, anybody knows what this is, really? Say, uh, it's a seed. Yeah, it's a seed. But what kind of seed? What am I holding in my hand? An oak tree. Okay. What, uh, what, am I, what else am I holding in my hand? What, what if I tell you, what if I tell you, what if I tell you, I'm holding in my hand a cross? What if I tell you, if I took 11 of these, put them in my hand, that I have a house? What if I told you that? Would you believe me? What if I told you that I could take these and I could fill your house full of furniture? This is a seed to everything you need. See, we just see it this way, but God sees it furniture in your house. God sees it as a home. See, can you see it? I remember a young man come to me. He was struggling with his faith. And he asked me, how, how does faith work? I said, faith is not really mystical. It's just it's very practical. Did you notice everything Jesus did is very practical? He did parables. You know what parables are. He would relate it. He's like, you know, it'd be like somebody, let's say you was trying to explain a plane to somebody and they'd never seen a plane before. Well, that's kind of like a bird that flies, you know. And they'd be like, fly, yeah, you know, like a big bird. You ever seen a big eagle? Yeah, well, it looks like that. It's made out of metal. People can get up. So you're trying to explain to them. Jesus would do parables to help you to understand kingdom principles. So this young man come to me, and I, I, just, I love parables, and I love truth. So anyway, he come to me, he's just struggling with faith. I said, I said, well, I said, faith is like this. I said, did you see that two-story house at Home Depot the other day? Because I knew he went to Home Depot. He goes, at Home Depot? I said, yeah, the two-story house that they built in Home Depot. You see it? No, I was there. I, I said, did you walk around the whole store? Yeah. I said, it's right there in the store. He said, you're What? I said, they do them at every Home Depot. You didn't know that? Man, I ain't never seen How long has it been? I said, it's been there ever since they built That's the first thing they do. Every Home Depot has that two-story house. He looked at me like, you're crazy. Oh, no, no, that's the way faith works. I said, the only thing is the reason you missed it because it's on aisle one, aisle two, aisle three, aisle four, aisle five, aisle six, aisle seven, aisle seven. Everything you need is right there to build you a two-story house. All you got to do is put it together. Everything you need is inside of you. All you got to do is make the right connection, and you can build the kingdom of God. You can take a small thing and make great differences. All of us would like to be like Elijah calling fire down. Could you imagine walking around? 
Go ahead, boys, build your, you, most of you know that story. Go ahead, boys, build your fire. Call on your gods, and they're cutting their wrists. They're crying, oh, calling out all the false gods, and nobody's answering. He says, step aside. He said, ah, let me show you how it's done. God of heaven, show them. Whoof. Man, you're like, wow. I mean, no, that, I don't, that'll change your life. Everybody wants to call fire down from heaven. Everybody wants to walk up to the dead and raise them from the dead. Everybody wants to be a Smith Wigglesworth. Huh? Everybody wants to be Smith Wigglesworth. He walked into a place and he was praying for a woman and she died. That ain't good. How I many of those they won't sign you up for the prayer list? Amen. You praying for someone? Pull up. She dropped dead. Okay. Well, I got to go now. Uh, no. No, Smith Wigglesworth, he picked her up off the floor, <laughs> throwed her against the wall. Now, some people get upset if you did your mom or dad that way. Amen. Told her against the wall and said, live. She slid right back down the wall. He's probably thinking, this ain't working. So he grabs her again. He takes her, throws her against the wall. Boom. I said, live. Sluts down the wall. I mean, most of you would be like, okay, I got to go now. <laughs> He's like, uh-uh, you ain't getting my message. Picked her back up, slammed her against the wall. Live. She came back to life. I want you to know God can do the supernatural. Many times we won't experience that because we won't take the smallest things that are in our hands and believe for the biggest things that, that man can't understand. So little things. I mean, well, you, you know the story. You know the story. It's very simple. You know the story where God would took Moses. And he said, what's in your hand? Now, now most people say, well, I'm getting too old for God to do stuff like that. Well, you do know that Abraham was 75 years old before God first talked to him about taking his faith journey. You do know that Moses was 80 years old when he wanted to go and bring back all the children of Israel. So you ain't too old to do nothing. All you got to do is just do it. Amen. He can use the smallest. He can use babes out of the mouth of babes. Or he can use the oldest of adults. But he, he asked Moses, he said, Moses, what's in your hand? Well, it's the staff. But throw it down. Look at it again. He threw it down, turned into a snake. Now, most of you would have left him then. You'd be like, well, ain't, ain't no way. Ain't no way. Uh -uh. Whew. Thank you, Lord. I'm gone. You, it's yours now, Lord. Amen. <laughs> no, but what he did, he reached over. He said, now reach over and get it. He reached over and got it, and it turned back into a staff. And notice that Moses used that staff to transform the minds of those million people that he led out of the wilderness. So just a staff. So he says, Moses, what's in your hand? You'll see that in, uh, in Exodus chapter 4, 17. You'll see where he used that staff. And then he come to little David. Remember David killed Goliath with a stone? I mean, all he had was a little stone in his hand, and he put it in a sling, and he let it go, and they even wrote songs about it. Amen? I want you to know, David... He, he had some experiences with God because they kept telling him, you can't do it, you're too little. See, David was probably about 5'9". We'll, we'll make him 5'11", we'll make him a little taller. You know, we ought to be taller if he had some high boots on, amen. He about 5'9". And then we had Goliath. They say Goliath was anywhere from 9'3 to 13'2", somewhere. That big old boy, potato-fed boy. I mean, that boy, he... <laughs> That boy was fed. He's a logger, right? Hey, Amen. That big old boy, he didn't play. And so 
Everybody was afraid of him. David said, I'll go take him on. And they said, you can't take him. You ain't even been in battles. You don't even... He goes, look. He said, I've already fought a bear, and I've already fought a lion, and God delivered me from both of them. I want you to know sometimes the reason we can't fight our biggest battles is because we don't know how to fight the small ones. And he, he took on that bear and that lion, and he says, just like that, he will do this. So David took that stone, he run, and he gave it a fling, and hit him right between the eyes, knocked him to the ground. David went up, grabbed his sword, cut the giant's head off, raised the head up and he says this is how you get ahead in life I mean no he said here's their enemy now Israel now Israel it, it, that was Donnie Flippo uh, you know new version amen this is how you get ahead something like oh yeah I got ahead in life amen but he said this is how you do it why are you afraid of this guy and now now this sounds great they pass that head around all over town well, look at that. he ain't no bad now is he amen so we got to understand something. What do you got in your hand? You got a house. You got furniture. But the key is you got to plant it or you won't ever experience it. If you don't learn to plant things, there's things that God speaks to your heart. There's times that God asks you to sow into the kingdom of God financially, but there's also times he asks you to do it spiritually, mentally, physically. Sometimes he'll ask you to give of yourself. See, every one of you, what's in your hand? Some of you, you may have in your hand the talent to play an instrument, but you won't get up here. You got to come to practice. You got to sacrifice. Yeah, but it's not convenient. It's not the, it's not, I don't really like the songs that they play. And I'm really this and I'm really that. What's in your hand? What did God put in your hand? Sometimes God gives you a voice to sing. What's in your hand? Some, some may be that God giving you the strength that you could come in here and you could pick 10 of these chairs up. And sometimes we just need somebody to move the chairs around where we can vacuum. Some, some people, God just give you the talent. You, you have the ability to clean. You like things to be clean and wipe things down. What's in your hand? See, too many times we think, well, it's no big deal. Nobody knows who cleans the toilet. Nobody knows who's doing the behind the scenes. Nobody, nobody knows me if I do the dusting on the rail. Nobody, I dusted that whole rail. Nobody even said anything about it. But God knows what's in your hand. I dusted every one of those rails. I wiped every one of them down, sanitized every one of them. Nobody said nothing to me. But God says your labor is not in vain. What's in your hand? Too many times you don't see what's in your hand. Listen to what he tells Apostle Paul. He had an experience. And that was in Acts chapter 19. And he was sweating. And they'd take parts of his clothes and his handkerchief and apron. And he'd wipe the sweat off of his forehead from working, laboring. And because he couldn't travel to go pray for these people, he said, here, take this piece of shirt, this piece of handkerchief, and take it and lay it on the sick, and they shall recover. Handkerchief? Don't make sense sometimes. I've seen people, and I've learned to help them to understand that too many times. Uh, you know, it's, it's good to pray for people, but I'm going to tell you what. And there's times that there's a discernment of the Spirit where he have you pray for somebody, and you don't ask them what they need. But there's something about getting a person to say what they need. You have not because you ask not, and you asked in a mess sometimes. And so sometimes it helps them to understand. And I've asked people before, what is it that you really want me to pray about? And sometimes I'm like, oh, just pray for me. But what does that mean? Just, just pray for me. Yeah, but what is it you want me to pray for? And, then I, and so once I can get them to say it, to speak it, there's power in agreement. There's power in agreement. And I've seen it work over time and time again in the lives of people. And I would ask, I remember one time I was invited, and there's many stories, but I, I remember one time I was invited to hospice, and there was a gentleman that was in hospice dying. 
and it was their his grandfather, and I had prayed for him. It's a long story. I prayed for him. God touched him and healed him, and and because I asked, I did kind of the same thing that I'm about to do to his grandfather. And I come in, I said, "Hey, I don't know. I know you don't know me." And sometimes people want me to go pray for some of their loved ones, and they don't know me, so I don't I don't just assume that everybody wants prayer because not everybody wants your prayers. Too many times we're trying to give people stuff they don't even want. And I walk in, I said, "Hey, I'm I'm." I'm and they introduced me, and I said, they want me to come pray for you. He goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, would you like for me to pray for you? He goes, kind of looked at me, like studying me out, like, sure, if you want to. I said, no, I only want to pray for you if you want me to. He kind of checking me out. Okay. Yeah, you can pray for me. I said, what would you like for me to pray? Like, what? Since you want to pray for you, what would you like for me to pray? He goes, he looked puzzled. He goes, okay. I think now he's kind of getting a little bold, you know. All right, I'll tell you what to pray for me. Pray that I get out of hospice and that I could be sitting on my deck fishing up in Toledo Bend. Okay. When you want to get out? Get out in a couple of days. Okay. Well, let's do it. Lord, he show him. That there's power in prayer. Just said a simple prayer. Get him back up towards Toledo Bend. Fishing on the day. I, I just said everything he just said. In Jesus' name, amen. He goes, he didn't say anything. He goes, hmm. He's like, hmm. <laughs> Guess what happened in a couple of days? They checked him out of hospice. He's on a deck. Up in Toledo Bend. Fishing. See, what we underestimate is the ability, yeah, and I, I don't even know the gentleman. Now, the gentleman may believe, he says he kind of believed in God. I don't know, but this is the thing. When you do something and you release your faith to another person that has faith to declare something in your life, supernatural things begin to happen. You don't necessarily always in your own strength have to. Remember the one guy come to me, he says, Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? He says, yes, but help me in my unbelief. Boy, isn't that honesty? You know, could you imagine? So Jesus going around. Jesus didn't heal everybody. You, you do know that, didn't you? I mean, he just walked by some people. Could you imagine somebody? Who's he think he is? He's walking on by. Got all his guys around. Got about twelve of them around him. You know, twelve disciples. Got about hundred and fifty something people going with Jesus, traveling with Jesus. See, some people picture Jesus in sackcloth, dirty face, matted up hair, and he's poor. I want to tell you something. Number one, you ain't poor if you got a treasure following you. If somebody else is holding your money, you ain't poor. And another thing is, if you, if you ever did any traveling, take 150 people with you and pay their bills for them. And pay their hotel and their food. It ain't cheap, Okay. I just know that from me and Miss, taking Miss Veronica. Amen. It ain't cheap. And I could imagine if I had 149 more to take with me. Amen. I can understand by just taking my grandkids and my children somewhere. It ain't cheap. I'll just, I'll just use my experience. And Jesus take a whole caravan and take care of all of them. Matter of fact, and if you think about it, him dying on the cross. I, you know, I have the hardest time. I don't really like doing yard sales. Because they, they won't give you a quarter for your blue jeans. You know what I'm saying? They, they won't even give you a quarter. I mean, like, just take it. I mean, my goodness, it's just a quarter. Just, I just, what is that? Those blue jeans cost you 60 bucks. Where we bought, but, yeah, get them for a quarter. Go for it. Amen. No. We're going to give you a quarter. 
I've never had two people fight over my clothes at a yard sale. Oh, I found a kid in there ripping back. I got it. I got it. But at the cross of Jesus Christ, it was Roman soldiers gambling over his robe. I've never had anybody gamble over my clothes. It must have been a pretty nice robe. He said it was seamless. See, don't underestimate your God based on your situation, your philosophy, your doctrine, your religion, based it on who the Word of God says. I'm just telling you, what. The, did you know that was in the Scripture? I'm not making any of this stuff up. So Jesus walking, this is the point I want to get to. Jesus walking along. Here comes this blind man calling out, Jesus! And so he's walking up, and Jesus is waiting for him to get to him. He's walking up there. He says, Jesus, heal me. He said, what do you want? Now, I don't know about you. If I'd been one of the disciples, I'm just thinking, hey, Jesus, kind of obvious. You know, whisper Jesus because you don't want the blind man. Jesus, what do you want? He's like, I know Jesus is sharper than this. I, I know he got this. Well, you know what he wants. You, you have to just, you God, you know what he wants. Just do it. Jesus made him say it. Jesus made him say it. Jesus knew exactly what he wanted. Jesus made him say it. Too many times, oh, God, just, just bless me. Just bless me. Just, what do you want? Just bless me. What do you want? Just bless me. What do you want? Just bless me. God said, would you stop that? Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. And we need to learn to start praying and believing and declaring what's in your hand. I want you to know Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 says, Whatever you find in your hands, do it with all your might. There is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. All of us, if Jesus should tarry, we're all going through that old grave. But I want you to know, work with all your might. Put your hand to it. What's in your hand this morning is a mic in mine. But I want you to know there's other things that God has placed in your hands, the ability to change this world all you got to do is dare to believe that what's inside of you though it may be small it can do the biggest things you can transform a nation we may have the next Billy Graham sitting in here we may have the next revival moving shaking preacher sitting in here we may have the next great move of God in America sitting right here don't underestimate that you're in a small town out in the middle of nowhere sometimes you feel in your heart that God can't do big things revival can flare out from this place that it literally can touch around the world what's in your hand what's in your hand what's in your hand dare to believe God dare to believe God dare to believe God he can do the biggest things with the smallest of things in your hand I'll finish with this story and this story was told to me and I have every reason to believe that it's true but a missionary told the story about a young lady, and this was back in when Cold War was going on, and they would take and capture the people that they were trying to uh, overtake their country and put them in a prison. I want to say it was somewhere in Asia, somewhere. So they had these cell groups and uh, these cells that they would put people in, and they put the men in one part of the camp, the women in another part of the camp, and these soldiers, very evil each night would go from one cell room and pull the women out and do the most ungodly things you could imagine and put them back in that room. 
They caught one young girl and had thrown her in the room with some other women. They packed the rooms full of women, you know. And this one girl, she was praying, and one person that was bitter because it got caught. And, I mean, you know, here we are. I lost my home, lost everything, lost my family. I'm in prison. She goes, why are you praying to God? Where is your God? You're wasting your time praying. Where's your God? If you had a God, he wouldn't let you be in this prison. Where's your God at? You have, when you go through stuff, people won't know where your God is. Where's your God at now? He didn't stop the hurricane. Where's your God at? He didn't keep your house from burning down. Where's your God at? He didn't cause sickness, stop sickness from coming against your family. Where's your God at? Huh? That's what people think. If your God's so good and mighty, why did he let bad things happen to you? Where's your God? So they just asked her, where's your God? And she just kept praying, didn't pay her no mind. And each night they would hear where they'd open up the cell and women screaming and they're dragging them out, abuse them, throw them back in the cell, and they'd go from cell to cell. Well, now it's approaching. This young lady just kept praying, and it's approaching their night. That morning, all of a sudden, the cell feels full of fleas, and they are being eaten up with fleas. Oh, on top of being in prison and top of being hearing the abuse, now fleas are eating them up. I mean, they're covered with fleas. They're bit all over with fleas. And this lady says, your gods can't even keep fleas off of us. Where's your God at? That night they come to do the same thing to those group of ladies in that cell. They open it up and they realize it's eat up with fleas and they slammed the door and went to the next cell. God took a flea to stop an evil people from doing horrible things. If God can take a flea to turn people around, I'm telling you what, God can do the super, it's the smallest things that can do the biggest thing. Too many times we miss our blessing by trying to understand why God does what he does. But I know he's capable. Listen, you need to learn to just trust God and let God let go and let God, amen? Just let go and let God and allow the presence of God do what he wants to do inside of you, amen? Inside of you. As they play something softly, uh, I know today maybe you're here and you're trying to figure out, maybe you got invited here, maybe you go to church here, I don't know, say I'm I'm a guest speaker, so you, your pastor, he knows everybody here and you know why you're here, Maybe maybe you don't even know why you're here. Maybe you heard some of the things I'm saying. You're like, yeah, that's all good. Life, if life is good for you, that, that's good preacher. Can I tell you something? Sometimes life is not always good, but God is. And, you know, there's times that we feel troubles and trials and hardship. But you can trust God. I've experienced hardship just like you. I'm, I'm no different. I'm not in a bubble. I'm not like God puts me in this bubble and he says, oh, nothing can bother you. I, I fight the same devil you fight. The Bible says Satan goes out to steal, to kill, and destroy. And guess what? Especially those that have proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ, he can't stand. I don't get an exemption. It's not like God gives me an exemption. Now, oh, I'm going to let the devil bother you. I have to fight the devil the same way you do. And I have to do it with the smallest things. A scripture. A scripture. A scripture. So when I'm in need, it may be my God shall supply all of my needs. 
when I'm concerned about sickness and disease in the world, my God shall bless my bread and water and keep sickness and disease away from my midst. Maybe, 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 maybe when I'm fighting all I can do and I don't know what else to do and I'm tired and I'm weary, he says, when you know all that you can do is stand, stand. Maybe sometimes it's just dare to believe that I don't quite understand why God's allowing this or why he's letting this happen. Why didn't he stop this? Well, just I don't lean to my own understanding, but I just acknowledge him. It's the smallest things. Yeah, but, but just tell me how it's going to all work out. I mean, you're saying if I get my life right with Jesus today that I won't have any no more problems? No, you're going to have problems. But you're going to have the strength to overcome them. So it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. If you fight in battles that belong to the Lord, no wonder you're tired. There's some battles that you should fight. There's some battles that the Lord says, you know how to handle this, go take care of it. You know your kids at the playground and bullies at the playground? You got this, son, take care of it. But then if it gets out of control, too many start trying to gang up on them. You say, okay, now it's time for me to step in. God's got you. God's got you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you're doing in this place today. Thank you for what you're wanting to do in these people's lives. Father, I don't know their lives. I don't know their heart. I don't know their situation. But I know you do. So I lift them up right now. There's somebody here today. They're finding that, you know what, I need a change in my life. There's a thought coming to you right now. Why don't you just go ahead and make the change? Just ask Jesus to help you. I know you're trying to figure it all out, but what will it look like? Who, how will I be able to tell people what has really happened to me? What will, oh, I don't know what it all will look like, but I do know this. It looks much better when God's involved. Father, I pray for every person here that needs to change in their lives, for those that need a touch in their body, for those that need a breakthrough in their thinking. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, no one looking around, thank you for your patience and being with us. If you're here today and you need a breakthrough, you say, you know what? You said something today and it triggered a thought, it triggered something in my heart it triggered that i've been holding out when i should be releasing and, and you're right preacher i i i need a breakthrough i need a change i need to start with me right here right now bless you just slip your hand up and right back down just slip it up and right back down god bless you god bless you god bless you god bless you right back god bless you god bless you god bless you god bless you yes god bless you God bless you. Yes, I see those hands. Yes. God bless you. Yes, yes. It's okay. That's not a sign that we're, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for God to do even something greater in my life. So my, my hand's with you. Yes, we're believing. We're declaring. Anyone else? There's something about an action with a word. Something about faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence. Now, I've seen that. Yes, God bless you. Father, you've seen the hands that have went up. You've seen the hands that went up, and they're declaring that I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. Father, if it's a physical, financial, 
mental, spiritual, whatever that breakthrough is, in the name of Jesus right now, I declare that breakthrough. And I speak. I speak. I speak. I want you to think of the thing that you need God to do for you right now. I want you to think of it. Think of it, what you need God to do. Is it a lost loved one needs to be saved? It is, a, is it someone needs to be healed? It, maybe you need to be healed. Maybe it's a financial. Whatever the thought is that you feel you need, if you was to approach the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I need, I want you to start thinking that right now. Start thinking, this is what I need. This is what I need. This is what I need, God. I need this. And I'm going to pray with you. Father, I... You hear the thoughts that are going forth. You see them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release an anointing to connect with them. God, to bring back, to bring about what they're believing for. Bring about what they're believing for. God, in your will and your perfect will, show them, manifest to them, speak to them, stir within them the power to receive. Now, with you here, you can look up now. You may would like for me to pray with you. I know with this, I try to respect people's distance. I, nowadays, I don't know if I should hug you or run from it. No, I'm picking. Hug you, elbow you, fist bump. I don't know because you know why? I want to respect you. It's not about me. It's about respecting you. But if you say, you know what, and, and I'm sure they'll give me a mask and, and I'll be careful and I'll just stand back. And, but if you'd like for it to come to me privately and, over to the side in just a moment. And you say, you know what? I'd like for you to pray with me. I'd love to pray with you. I, I, listen, I'm an old-time evangelist. Long years ago, I prayed for people all night long until I'm wore out. But I know, I know it's Sunday morning, and I know we're in, living in different times. But I want you to know God's, the power of God's prayer works just as good with you sitting there as it does with you coming up. It does. But if you would like, if you just feel... You'd like to get with me. I'm going to step aside and turn it back over to the pastor, and, and I'm going to pray with you if you'd like. That's up to you. I don't want anybody to feel put in a position or feel awkward. But I want you to know I've seen God do the supernatural, and I believe God still does the supernatural. Amen? So, Pastor, I'm going to bring you up and let you go with the service, and then I'll be over here. If anybody needs prayer, you feel free to do so. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Flippo. So listen, they're going to bring him a mask, and they've got some sanitizer, and uh, here's the bowl. Just pour some of it in here for me, brother. And he can sanitize his hands in between everybody. And listen, we, we hey, we're trying to help people that want to be prayer, amen? We want prayer for We We lay hands on people. We, we look like priests up here, but they don't, we don't care. We want to pray with people. So listen, I want to open it up. If you want prayer, I want you to come up front. We're going to pray. If you want to put your mask on, you can. If not, just come on. Don't, don't allow fear to set in on this. Because I know this. I know God can do great and mighty things in your life. All it takes is a seed. Isn't this a much better visual than the one I, I kept using? Is my flyer still up here? Oh, it is. It's on. So, Sister Veronica, this is what I was showing them. One seed of mustard. I like the oak seed better. <laughs> I like the oak seed better. You know, while, he's, while Pastor Donnie's praying for people, I, I want to tell you the rest of that story that he told at the beginning of it. You know, a few years earlier, I'd gotten saved, was in church and serving the Lord, and 
things had happened, and I, I left church, and I moved. Now I'm in Beaumont, Texas. Went from Jacksonville, Florida, all the way to Beaumont. It was on a Wednesday. I went and looked it up. It's five and a half miles. I was a recruiter, and it was on a Wednesday night, and, man, the pressures of being a recruiter, it, they have the highest suicide rate in the military, recruiters of all the branches when you add them together. Suicide rate, the divorce rate, it's terrible. And, man, I was just, you know, I was still running from God. God had been dealing with me. But the, the pressures of life had just began to settle in on me, and I got into the government van one night, and I just started driving. Now, if you're not familiar with Beaumont, our, our recruiting station was across from the mall of Dallin and Highway 69 North. I found myself five and a half miles on the other side of town off of College Street, which is Highway 90 and Major Drive. And if you knew where that area was, there wasn't nothing back there. I lived across the street back over there, but this area back there, and I'm driving, and I see this building is for lease, and they got a white cross out next to the road. It was not a very good-looking cross. It was, it was, yeah, he's some cheap wood. But it caught my attention. And I was like, that building is empty. Why is there a cross there? There's people there. So I went in. And here I see Pastor Flippo standing there. And I've got all these questions in my mind just rolling. So I start asking questions. And all of a sudden, another lady walked in. Wish I could remember her name. And I said, oh, no, no, I know Jesus. Go ahead and talk with her. So I stood back, and every question I had, he answered talking to her. And I didn't join church that night. Really didn't. The flip side of the, the other side of this coin was is that me and Wendy had been looking around because she was pregnant at the time with our oldest and uh so we get a call i think it was next week her brother decides man we want to come see y'all's new house we're gonna bring some crawfish i'm like but we got to have a church to go to wendy i met this pastor the other day it's right around the corner it's right there we can go over there sunday <laughs> yep and it wasn't long after that where, where Wendy had grown up Catholic. And, uh, and I remember standing at the altar in that little, that little building. I have pictures of that. I'm not showing y'all. The way I dressed, you know, yeah, it was a long time ago. And I remember standing at that altar for salvation. And I remember looking at Wendy. I said, listen, because I had been struggling fighting God to come back to him. And I said, Wendy, either we're going to go 110% or we're going to go home and burn the Bibles. I can't go back and forth. can't do it anymore. One day I listened to Christian music, then it was rock. Then it was Christian music, then it was country. Then it was Christian music, and it was rap. I said, either we're going 110% or we're going home and burn the Bible. I'm done with God. She said, let's do it. It's okay. You know, we've never looked back. 110% is how we've lived our life. When God said, sell your house, I want you to move into a camper. Wendy said, it better be a big one. Actually, first it was, I'll divorce you. Then it was, I'll move in with your mama. Then it was, it better be a big one. Took her three days, but that's okay. And all the things in our life over those, all these years, learning faith from these guys right here, we applied it into our life, what the Word of God says. And it brings me here today where I live in a beautiful home 
that God brought me the ability to build. Why? Because we paid attention to the small things. Always paid attention to the small things. We paid attention to what God was doing, and we used what we have in our hands. Like, like they laughed last night. They didn't know I knew how to play piano. I learned how to play piano off of YouTube. I was a youth pastor full-time. We had about 50 students, and nobody knew how to play an instrument in place. Teenagers don't like CDs. They didn't like my playing much either, but I had to do something. I started learning to play piano from YouTube, one song at a time, and I'd hold the note, and I'd press the button, and I'd hold the note, and, I'd, and, and you know what? That's been about 10 years now. I still don't know how to play piano great, but I love doing it, and I don't care. I'm using what God, the talents God has given me to bless him, and I just hope y'all enjoy him along the way, just like the preaching. You see, it's the small things. If we just pay attention to what God is doing, he wants to do these great things in our life, but a lot of times we won't let him. We won't let him, guys. Come on. God is amazing if we would just let him do. You know, Veronica Wendy actually preaches once in a while. She's a good preacher. Yeah, see, y'all don't know that. That's why they said, oh, quiet Wendy. <laughs> y'all just don't know. <laughs> She'll come up here during worship and grab the mic and, and speak out. But you know what? It, is, it has been an interesting ride serving God. But I can tell you this, I don't regret any of it. All the ups, all the downs, losing my home, selling homes, giving home back to the bank, giving all those things were all lessons that teaches, taught me how to stand here in faith today and believe for the supernatural and to sit there and honestly say, which you guys hear me all the time, I believe every bit of it, every bit of it. And like Flippo always used to tell it, from Genesis to the maps, and then I added on top of it, even there when it said the and the, because they misprinted it. I believe both these. <laughs> Why? Because this is the only thing I have to go by. Our opinions do not matter. The word of God is all we have, guys. So they're, they're going to pray for a few more people. Listen, I'm not trying to rush this. We're going to do communion here in a few minutes. You don't have to be a member of our church to do communion. We just ask you to be a believer of the body of Christ. I don't see any church membership required for communion. I know some churches do. There's none in there according to me. There was just a whole bunch of believers sitting at a table. They were eating, and Jesus grabbed the bread, and he grabbed the cup. And we're going to do that, and we're going to bring our children back in as well. If you want to go ahead and just tell her to, she can start wrapping it up and bringing the kids back. I could sit here for hours telling you stories that I learned from those guys of faith. The supernatural. I was thinking of some of them. I said, nah, I'll save some of them for later. You know, what, what was the, the, the one I always remember? God told him to go all the way to Beaumont and start a church, and he didn't have any money, and he resigned from his church. And, he got, and, and the devil kept closing every door, and, and one of my favorite stories about it was as he stood out there one day, he says, devil, I'll move my family one red wagon at a time if I have to, but we're moving to Beaumont. And what happened after that? A U-Haul truck. Still didn't have nowhere to live when they moved to Beaumont. They didn't have a house. Pulled up into the house that, that somebody had already said, no, it's rented. They pulled up anyways. And what happened? Got a house. I was telling somebody's story last night about how he started the church. Because God told him, I want you to go rent this building. God, I don't have no congregation, don't have no money. I want you to rent this building. Gave him an amount. Said, offer it to the woman. How am I going to do that? Then gets a check in the mail from a trucking company. I think it was out of Oklahoma. That was the amount. 
that you're supposed to offer. It's the small things. Why does it happen to him and not happen to us? Because it's what's inside. Or are we willing to even step out and do it? I've stepped out so many times in my life. Why? Because I'm just foolish enough to think God's going to do it. I still do. (laughs) I don't doubt it. But I pray for somebody to be raised from the dead if I felt God wanted me to. Without a hesitation. Does God heal everybody I pray for? No. But I believe he will. It ain't up to me. (laughs) It ain't up to me. It ain't up to me, guys. So listen, they're going to get the kids and they're going to start bringing them back in here. But we do that. And listen, while he's still praying, again, if you, if you want to sow into their ministry, you know, into, into their lives, really, just when you write the check out, make it to New Life and just put special guests on it or put it on the, on the envelope. We're going to do that at the end of service. Uh, normal tithes and offerings is all going to be in there. If you want to go online, it's newlifeag.church, and you can, you can do that and uh, just put special guests on there. We'll make sure. We're going to bless them. You ain't got to worry about that. We always do. We don't let anybody come through here and uh, not be blessed. Amen. So, oh, look all the kids. Isn't it great to have our kids having ministry again? It's just crazy. That's our church of tomorrow. It's our church of tomorrow. Amen. So listen, while they're continuing to pray, uh, I was talking earlier about these Bibles. So I I think it's Serbia and Sri Lanka. They have have converted, not converted, (laughs) they have translated. That would be a better word to use. They have translated the Bibles into their language. And it's $25 per Bible to get the Bible in the pastor's hand in that foreign country. That's a study Bible. Printed, shipped, and hand-delivered. $25. And we're going to raise that money to try to buy as many Bibles as we can get. And my goal is, is next week I'm going to start working on this. Talking to businesses. So if you're a business owner or, or you know somebody, I want to see if they'll match us. Come on, I want to see if they'll match us. So if we bring in a certain amount of money, they'll match it. So we can send Bibles. Because here's what's crazy. $1,000 is a lot of money. That's only 40 Bibles. And you've got hundreds of pastors that lead churches that don't have a Bible at all. Can you imagine that? Do you imagine that? Isn't that crazy? Come on. I'll turn the music up a little bit, Rod. Listen, I don't ever rush. I don't ever rush what the Lord is doing.
worship you, Jesus. Oh. Let it minister to you this morning. Jesus. Come on. Anybody need a healing in their body this morning? I just want you to come up here real quick. I want to pray with you. I know he's praying for things as well. Got a heal. If you need a healing, I want you to come up here. I want to pray with you this morning. Come on, go find a place over here. Jesus, come on. If you need a healing, I want you to get up here. Come on. I don't want to have to sit there and prod you. Either you know you need it or do you don't.
Listen, if you're visiting with us this morning, we're kind of weird. We just want everything Jesus has for us. And we're willing to spend a little bit of time to get it. And we're willing to fight for it.
Y'all go ahead and turn the lights back on. <clears throat> so we'll get everybody back in their chairs here. Let me slide this stuff out of the way. So listen, as I was speaking earlier to you about this, you don't have to be a member of the church to, to receive communion with us. According to what I see in the Word of God, it was a group of believers that were gathered with Jesus. And during the meal, he took time out and he taught them a very important thing. So we're going to have our... Our deacons are going to come, and they're going to walk around, and they're going to serve you. We have pre-made cups. If you want your children to, to receive, then I leave that up to the parents. If you think they understand, then, then go ahead, and y'all go ahead and, and yeah, uh, serve them. We've got another one if you want to help, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like our children to be in here for communion, and I, I like it when they take communion with us personally, but I leave that up to the parents because, you know what, I want them to learn how we do church. I want them to understand what we do, and I think it's a great opportunity to just teach them. So they're going to come around, and they're going to pass these out to you, and we're going to partake of them all together. Now, personally, I don't like these cups because they're very difficult to open. They're even worse because I've got a microphone and only one hand to do it. <laughs> But I have learned. <laughs> I like the real bread. It's just my personal opinion. So, well, listen, I love, I love taking communion together. And, and as I always pray, I, I don't ever want this just to become something that we do. Because it is a very powerful symbol that Jesus left us. It is. And there is power in it. So they're going to make sure. If you're... If, if you're visiting with us, please take communion with us if you want, you know, if you're a believer. And also, if you're visiting with us, fill out a visitor card so we can get to know you. We'd love to send you something and get, send you a gift. And uh, there's times people come through and never fill out the card or they get the card and they never give it back to us. And, you know, we have no way of contacting you and letting you know how much we appreciate you and trying to, you know, help you with, uh, with and, and just different things. Amen. So I'm stalling. This is my stall. I'm just trying to. Y'all think y'all have it tough? You're just sitting there waiting on me to finish. i got to figure out what to say this entire time that keeps you entertained enough that you pay attention. <sighs> yeah, I know. <laughs> there we go. Amen. Thank you, brother. No, I got it. Thank you. Everyone got some? Okay. Yeah. Just make sure everybody in, the, in there. Okay, there you go. You got yours? Got everybody out in the foyer as well. We'll make sure everybody gets one. Okay. Everybody received one that wants one? Got yours right there? Okay. Hallelujah. Jesus. So just to tell you one quick funny story, I know Pastor Donnie will laugh about this. My very first Sunday uh, of the new month of December, it was uh, three years ago, almost four years ago now, I finished a service and I had the podium up there. And everybody's standing there looking at me, and I dismissed. And everybody's just looking at me. I'm like, okay, I know I've only been pastor for a couple weeks, but, uh, and I chip back there, and they're, and I'm like, <laughs> so I stuck my head around the podium. I'm like, oh, 
they're like, we forgot to tell you at the first of the month we always do communion. I was like, let's just do it. And, and so I just laughed. Listen, I want to take just a moment. I want to read to you out of my brand new preaching Bible. Hallelujah. Over in Corinthians, it tells us a story here in First uh, Corinthians. It says, for the Lord received, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also in the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Listen, go ahead and stand up with us this morning. This is, is what I consider a very important symbol that Jesus left us. It seems very small. This little piece of bread that really doesn't taste very good reminds me that my Savior took a beating for me that I could be healed. He, he crawled to the cross so he could be killed for me. That's what this bread reminds me of. And I, do not, I never receive of this bread and take it lightly because of the, the power of it. Uh, like I've told you before, there was a time where we had sickness going through our house, and I found some bread that was kosher for Passover, and I would give bread to my family because, Lord, by the breaking of your body, by your stripes, I am healed. And sickness left our family in just a few days. So you know what? When we partake of this bread today, we are once again remembering that all that he did for us. But if you have a sickness in your body, you receive his healing right now. So, Father, I thank you for this symbol of your body being broken and all the power that goes with it, God. Lord, we receive it today, the healing, the health, the life, all the things that you did. Lord, we receive it today as we eat this bread. In Jesus' name, let's take the bread together. Later in the, the night, at some point, he picked up the cup. And he says, this cup represents my blood that will be shed. You know, as, as Pastor Donnie talked last night in, in, uh, with Abram and God, there was a, a, uh, a covenant that was made. You always have to have the shedding of blood. There always has to be blood. You know why it's called the New Testament? Because it's the New Covenant. His blood was shed to form the New Covenant, the New Testament. This grape juice represents his blood that was shed on a cross. That blood is the only thing that can forgive you of your sins, can wash you and cleanse you. It's the only thing that can wipe away the sins of your past so that when the devil goes up to God the Father and says, Terry is one wretched woman, God opens up the book and says, all I see is the blood. Yeah, and that's what this represents. So as we drink of this juice today, I want you to receive that again. So, Father, we partake of this juice today, Lord, which symbolizes the blood of your son that you allowed to be shed for us. Lord, we don't even understand all that, that you did in that time period, but we receive your word, and by spirit, we do receive it all. So, Lord, once again, we receive the blood of Jesus that allows us to be your sons and daughters, and it fully cleanses us of all of our sins so that we are in right standing with you and we can boldly go into your throne of grace and mercy. So we thank you for this symbol in Jesus' name. Let's drink the juice together.
Lord, we thank you for this time that we get to do monthly. Let it never become small to us. Never let it, never let it become unimportant in its power and meaning. Let us forever remember what you did in Jesus' name. Listen, we've got some little kids that always love to run around, and there's some buckets out there. Oh, the ushers have the buckets. So listen, did you enjoy the ministry this morning? Amen. Listen, hey, so if you enjoyed the ministry this morning, I want you to make sure you bless the man of God. Sow some seeds into his personal life because I know it's good ground. We have our offering plates out there. Make sure if you do a check, it goes out to new life. You know, if you put special uh, guests on the bottom, we'll make sure it all goes to him. If you fill out the envelope, divide it, or you can go online. We'll make sure all of that gets there. Amen. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you Wednesday. Hey, we got church Wednesday. Don't forget. Okay. Good. Huh?